Caps Puck Drop podcast. This is our post-Seattle draft, uh, expansion draft episode, where we're going to go through the picks. Um, no, we're going to leave Montreal for the end, because I, you know, I say that's the most interesting here, but, um, yeah, so let's start in the Pacific. Yeah, so we'll, yeah, it's perfect. Uh-huh. We'll just go, uh, and it works well, it's actually the order they went in yeah. when they announced it. I, I was trying to figure out for the longest time why they were releasing them in such a weird order, yeah. but then it's alphabetically by division, by so... Division. Yeah, starting in the Pacific, we've got Anaheim selecting uh, Hayden Fleury. So, um, you know, a lot of people kind of anticipated Hayden Fleury being selected. Uh, he was acquired basically right at the trade deadline uh, from Carolina. This is someone who he was a former top 10 pick, hasn't really panned out. Um, you know, he's a defenseman, left-hand shot. Um, he is an NHLer, though. Like, this isn't a guy as, well, you know, we're going to see, like, the consensus of this is that the the team's a little funky, but they're not done. You yeah. know, I think they have like thirty million in yeah, cap space. Flurry, Hayden Flurry has a connection to Seattle, right? So yeah, he was drafted by um, um, what's his name? Uh, Ron Francis. Ron yeah, Francis, so yeah. It, that's a very good point. Is that he's got a connection to the GM specifically yeah. in Seattle? Uh, Ron Francis, the ex-GM of the Carolina Hurricanes. So obviously, there's something that Ron Francis sees in this guy. I don't know what um, it is. Probably the six foot three, two hundred plus yeah. frame, because he he drafted a lot of big boys. Yeah, no, he de- he definitely has potential. I you know from in terms of Anaheim, that's probably who I would have taken. I mean, like yeah. if you look at that list. I mean, there's a few other guys that might have been a good pick, but um, I see what he's going for there. Yeah, I don't obviously... personally actually agree. I mean, if you're gonna look at a left hand defenseman, you have another first round pick, I believe, first round pick, but Jacob Larson. Year was younger, he, was he available? He was available. Oh. Uh, I, be, I believe he's a hundred thousand dollars cheaper for the same amount of term, same oh, left hand shot. I just think he's a bit better. I, again, I think this came down to Ron Francis knowing Hayden Flurry better. But mm. you know, it was a, it was one of the two options. And again, as as you know, I'm not not to be a you know spoiler, but you know, there's also another reason to take Hayden Flurry in this draft. Yeah. Uh, which we'll get to later. But yeah, going on to uh, Calgary, this is a no-brainer. I don't think anyone uh, had otherwise. Mark Giordano, um, you know, you're, you're getting your, your top-line defenseman there. Everyone's commenting on the age. I know he's over 30. Um, he's over 35. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, Mark Giordano is two years out from winning the Norris. This is a guy who can lead your team. This is a guy who knows how to play hockey. And again, I'm going to be saying this a lot, I can tell, but this is someone who can play in the NHL now. Yeah. So I mean, sure. I I don't think it's I have not, any. Can't compl- say that about their entire team. Yeah, and I don't have any complaints about taking Mark Giordano for one year. Yeah, exactly. And you know, he might be involved in some other moves. Yeah, there's as, potential uh, that they might be flipping him, but I think they're keeping him because he was at that uh, ceremony in person. They flew him out to Seattle, yeah. so yeah. I I think that's true. Yeah, I, I think they're hanging on to him. But yeah. either way. Um, good pick, in my opinion. I would have done the same. Yep, going into Edmonton, Adam Larson. That's a fantastic pick. They signed him. Um, you know, I that's a solid defenseman. You know, they got him. Edmonton got him through that Taylor Hall trade. The infamous, um, Taylor, the Hall infamous trade. Taylor Hall trade. You know, I I like Adam Larson. You know, I I think that's a big loss to Edmonton. Like they really needed to keep that guy. Um, we'll see what they do this off season in terms of that you know, missing a big chunk on the D line there, but. Yeah, I, I think Edmonton may have cheaped out on him because he was an unrestricted free agent in a few days. So there's a couple guys that got signed, um, you know, but basically and made available right away. Adam Larson getting that deal from Seattle, it's you know they're investing in him a little bit. Uh, another six foot three plus defenseman. So I mean, th- there's definitely a theme of big guys on this team that yeah, we'll huge. see. But uh, Adam Larson's a good pickup. Could pro- probably, based on their lineup, is going to play on that first pair with Giordano, but could also probably play on a second pair with someone else. So, um, yeah. yeah, going, you know, obviously we're not we're not doing, like, massive deep dives on all the picks. The only one that, you know, we're going to really talk about is obviously the Canadians pick, but like we said, best for last. Um, going to L.A. now, they took uh, Curtis McDermott. Um, lo and behold, he's a six foot five defenseman. Uh, I think, actually, Seattle announced him as a forward, so... You know, not too much prep time on these live <laughs> events. But, you know, that that's really it. Just an NHL-level guy who can kind of play the bottom pair, big body. Um, again, not the pick I would have made because when you have guys like Brennan Lemieux available, um, I just, I, I think if you're going to build a good bottom six, you need those gritty guys. You know, Brennan Lemieux reminds me a lot of a, uh, like a kind of like a hard-nosed, 
Paul Byron in a sense, yeah. a little more of like a physical force, a, a better Delorier essentially with some offensive potential. So, you know, they, they clearly had a mission to go out and get the biggest, baddest guys possible. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how they form their team. See who you would have taken. Brendan Lemieux. Yeah. I think a uh, young forward can play in your bottom six. Gritty with like a slight, slight offensive upside. Not like never going to be a scorer in the NHL, but definitely someone who can throw the body around and just be an energy guy. Yeah. Um, I just want to step back for a second and just because the, the Hayden Flurry Jacob Larson thing, mm-hmm. that's a lot closer than I thought. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I didn't know Jacob Larson was, was available. I thought they would have protected him, but technically Flurry has better stats. Okay. That's the only thing. I thought Jacob Larson was a lot better than that. Yeah. Jacob Larson is another one though. I like he just, the potential was there he just didn't the kind of see it through yeah i think technically flurry's a year older like yeah he he's turns. 20 yeah, yeah exactly i think he's like two months older or something right like okay that. but yeah so you know interesting thing i think that you know it came down to like same stats yeah same um, guys and like we said both taken first round yeah and, and there's, then, there's a reason to take yeah, that one there's a connection and a obviously a familial connection that we'll get yeah. to so um so we're at san jose yeah so um yeah so that's a they take true yeah, I think, it's Al- I think it's Alexander. Yeah. Alexander True, yeah. I think so. Alex. I'm pre- I think it's Alexander True, something like that. Anyway, Alex True, I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, forward, uh, one of their first... I was thinking Alec. Yeah, it's Alexander True. Yeah. Yeah. One, one of their first RFA, so they do have to re-sign this guy. He's an AHL player, but um, you know, he's under 24, and lo and behold, he is... You know, six foot it's four, huge. six foot five, six five, two oh one. Well, there you go. So he's got some meat to put on him still because yeah. he's. I just I underweight. find it's interesting how they're going about this. It's yeah. like you know, this is a, this is an AHLer, um, has not played a significant amount of time in the NHL. That's yeah. That's one thing I want to press. When we say an NHL guy, all we're saying is, did he play more than half the games last year yeah. or at all? So yeah, that, you know, this he's not that guy. You yeah. know, but the thing is, it's not becoming it's a interesting theme on the yeah, podcast for sure. And I, I, I yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm noticing, like, you know, we haven't gone through all the picks, not even close, but I'm noticing they're taking NHL defensemen. Yeah. And they're being a little bit stingy up front, which gives us a kind of a, a hint that they're going to make some offensive moves um, this offseason with, you know, the, you know, there's obviously quite a few UFAs in terms of Forrest and Linus Cog and all this, but um, yeah, let's well, keep the, going. The, yeah, that's, that's it. it. They yeah. definitely have a more, well, as we'll see, they, they bolstered their offense, uh, their defense a little more yeah, than the offense. Sure. Um, last in the Pacific, we've got Vancouver Canucks selecting, they selected from Vancouver, Cole Lind. Um, just a solid uh, future top six guy. Another RFA that they need to resign, but all these guys will get uh, sub one mil contracts. Either yeah. they'll get qualified or they'll get two-year deals. Uh, play in the AHL, solid playmaker from my understanding, young guy, um, not much to take out of Vancouver, I think he's a good pick overall, nothing to complain there. Yeah. Um, San Jose, I would, I was going to say though, if you're, like, I know they wanted the big body, but a guy like Dylan Gambrel, yeah, is, yeah. he's one of the few, there's, look, I, I know this isn't super important, but he's one of the few guys who... You know, he's born in Washington State. He's like the homegrown kid. Yeah. You got to have um, a few of those just to kind of get the fan that's base thing, he, There's only two or three that's available. That's why I thought we were fucked with Kerry. Well, that, that's you know, it. He's obviously a Vancouver guy, but like, you but know, right across. But so many uh, connections right to Seattle. Floor. His wife's yeah. from Seattle, first of all, which I know is not yeah. the biggest deal, but still, he played in Washington State yeah, in the exactly. WHL. He's did the whole thing there. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Dodged a bullet, at least. Basically. But, you know, yeah, um, so moving on to Arizona in the Central Division, they take uh, Tyler Pitlick. Who they, we already knew that they flipped him to Calgary. Yeah, flipped so him that, to Calgary. So that was just a straight-up pick because we, we know we can trade him. Yeah, so um, not much to say there. Unfortunately, that's one of their few NHL-level forwards. That's the thing. It's, a, it's an interesting strategy. Like We're going to have to see what how confident these guys are going forward just because, you know, you draft a team that's this week up front, it's going to be kind of hard to pull in these UFAs that, you know, the, the Gabriel Landis Cogs, they're not going to want to play in a, a team that lacks so much depth like this. Like, you know, his role in the team, you know, just went up, uh, you know, tenfold. And, um, you know, he hasn't set foot in Seattle. It's just, 
It's an interesting strategy. I just I, I don't think it's going to be as appealing to UFAs as I think it's going to be. Because... Well, the, and that's it. This is clearly a team that we're that we'll see is built from the back out and built for the like you know longevity. For the future, yeah. Which but also the same, restricts the UFAs. That's it. Is I you have to ask yourself if you're above the age of 27, do you want to go to a rebuilder? Yeah. And so I don't know exactly what Ron Francis is up to, but trading away one of your proven NHL guys right off the bat, probably not how I would have done it. But I'm also, you know, an armchair GM. I'm not a real GM. So. Yeah, he, you know, he's got, he's definitely has something in the in the works back of his mind. Oh yeah, so you're going, not going in the NHL this team. So. No, and like that's the thing is, you know, per- perfect example. Of this is from Chicago. We got John Quenville. Yeah. Um, guy who is not an NHLer, he's in the AHL, um, he's a UFA. UFA. Yeah, it's weird, he's a little bit older, he's 25, Uh, he's a UFA, so this is someone they selected, I'm assuming with the intention of either flipping or signing, because Mm -hmm. there's zero incentive, honestly, and I I don't mean to be rude to John Quenville in any sense, I really don't follow the guy's game, but... You know, I think they selected him because he's got a $0 cap and don't mind losing him. I think they didn't want to take Zadorov from Chicago because... He's asking for way too much exactly. money. Exactly. I think, if anything, they'll maybe try and do... Because the reason I say Zadorov also is because he just fits the bill of, like, massive huge, defensemen. Yeah, huge, And he's extremely physical. The thing is... But, is yeah, like, I think this was just almost like a we ran out of room. Yeah. Zadorov is going to be interesting this offseason just to, to see what happens with his contract. Because I think this is a bit of a turning point with how we pay defensemen. Because we're yeah. starting to see this trend of, you know, guys who are asking for money... Uh, specifically defensively, I mean, and that, you know, they, their point total doesn't really reflect it, but then they say, like, you know, I have a defensive game and stuff like that, and I find now is a turning point where we're starting to pay defensive defensemen more than we have in the past. And yeah, which is just, dangerous. It is, it's dangerous because it's hard to metric their game. Like, it's very hard. I give these advanced stats, but it's just not as clear-cut as, mm-hmm. as either offensive defensemen, two-way defensemen, or not forwards. big guys. Yeah. When you have, like, a, a skilled defensive defenseman, I know. Yeah. it's very, very frustrating. Tough. So, yeah. You know, if, I, if, if he gets, you know, if he gets what he wants this offseason, which I, I doubt, which, you know, is around the, the four mil mark, I think that's, like, a dangerous path we start going down. But that's it. And, and I will say, evolving hockey, which is, like, very, very accurate for the most part, I think they have, like, an error of plus or minus 500k, hasn't predicted closer to three mil. Yeah, well, that makes more sense. I'm just saying that's what he's asking. Yeah, exactly. He's asking he points high, which is high, but I guess you know that's also a strategy. But yeah, yeah. and he's also looking at guys like even for like on the halves, Ben Sherratt, who's yeah. making three and a half. Yeah, and he's saying I'm a little bit bigger and a little bit younger. Yeah, so that's the thing. You know, the, the evolving hockey they, they project with data they have. Yeah, and we're at this turning point where things are changing. Yeah, so like that's it. It's interesting, but um, yeah. yeah. So going into Colorado, Jonas uh, Donskoy. This is a you know proven NHLer. Finally, can't complain about this. No, that's a good pick. I'm, I'm the only so far. Like this is one of the only ones. Yeah, besides, uh, besides Giordano, besides Giordano and Larson on yeah. Edmonton, that I was like, you know what, that's a good pick. But see, even Adam Larson, I, I don't that it's a bad pick, but I feel like Edmonton wasn't gonna make a deal anyway. And oh, they, they were closing in on them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, then there you go. So that's then, what I was hearing. Okay, then yeah. no, then that then that's a smart pick, but. Donskoy, this is smarter than taking Landis Cog because you only take the UFAs if you know you have a deal. Yeah. But um, Donskoy, this is a guy who he can put a decent amount of points on the board. He's very, very, very reliable defensively. Can play in your middle six. You know, on, on a good team, he's on your third line, and he'll probably play second line on this team. Yeah. Um, he might have to be first line center. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, he's yeah, a winner. Yeah, <laughs> if, I, if we thought the Habs had a center situation a few years ago, I mean, the Kraken are in for a... Uh, brutal brutal years. awakening. Yeah, they better draft really well. This yeah, year. which we'll talk about that very. Br- well, I mean, the draft is tomorrow, yeah, so we'll tomorrow, talk about so that. But uh, well, let's go to Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Uh, I mean, just based off the trend of size, everyone could have guessed Jamie Alexiak. Um, the contract he was given right off the bat, four point six mil for again, five it's, years. It's what I'm saying. Man. Difficult it's... to like swallow. Yeah, that's. Yeah, <laughs> but again, it's, it's if a, they have this vision of having basically. You know, six mountain men behind them. Um, he fits the bill. Yeah, it's you know, again, it's it's one of those those things where it's um, you know, good defensive game, but like you know, not a terribly skilled player. He's just he's huge, and he you know he knows how to you know, definitely like not a low IQ guy, but you know, not not a Drew Doughty type. But his his offensive stats were inflated. People are gonna point to the playoffs where he had like five goals in the yeah. playoffs. 
versus five goals in the regular season. Yeah. But he wasn't playing with Miro Heiskanen. Exactly. And also, guys, just get hot in the playoffs. You know, it's like it's it's very easy to forget that you know it's the if you have a good series, all of a sudden you can score four goals in a series. You have four goals in seven games. Yeah. You know, it's a, your goals per game goes way up when you play well in the playoffs, which yeah. is a good thing. And I'm not uh, taking away from him. No, but I, I like you, Jamie Alexia. Yeah, you played the season more than you play the playoffs, and this team right now does not look like a playoff team. No. Like I said, I, I like Jamie Alexiak. I just, I don't, like, I'm glad I don't have that yeah. contract. Exactly. And I think other than that, I, I can't think of anyone on Dallas that, look, I was big on Ben Bishop. He's apparently going to be fully healthy. And he's so old, though. Easy. Yeah, like you, you got 34. Well, yeah, that's old. But, like, yeah. you, you, all, you can't do the, uh, you, you know, you can't start doing the one foot in, one foot out kind of thing. That's why, like, Giordano's kind of a question mark, but... Again, this is a guy that's shown that he can play so well when yeah. he's old. And, you know, Ben Bishop has too, but, you know, you, you can't put a... I find, like, the worst thing you can do is, like, put one toe in, like, the, the young early to mid-20s and then one toe into the late 30s. Oh, like the Canadians. Yeah, the Canadians. <laughs> but, like, you know, I, I agree with you. I just mean more like, I again, I, I would have built this team very differently. Yeah. But, well, um, knowing the goaltenders they did take, I agree with you. Yes. It's just, like, I don't think... Um, I would have taken any of those guys, and I, I, I probably would have taken uh, Alexiak just from uh, not wanting to take Bishop with Which the goaltending that was available. Which is fair. Yeah. And so, he, speaking of goaltending, moving on to Minnesota, they select six foot five defenseman Carson Soucy. Um, I would have sworn they were taking Capo Kakinen. That's a 24-year-old goalie who probably, you know, either plays in a tandem with your, your other goalie going forward this year, or gets an extra year in the AHL. And, like, that's he's just promising, and he, he looked good in Minnesota. So, look, they, they clearly committed to this height thing. Um, we'll see how it pans out. I kind of like that it's almost like an experiment for the yeah. league. But um, I, st- I disagree with this pick. I think Carson Susie's good. I think he's a third-pair good. Not a uh, first pair good yeah, or a second pair good, so not That's much to missed say. Missed out on big goaltender. That's there. you, yeah. you, yeah, you kind of sacrificed uh, talent was, for size, no. which is clearly biting certain teams in the ass. You like, go to you go to Minnesota News, and like basically everyone was kind of like, you know, waiting for the trigger to be pulled on on uh, you know, on losing that phenomenal goaltender for their future. But yeah, anyway, interesting choice. Going to Nashville, finally a centerman. Yeah, a uh, <laughs> winger. Unfortunately, well, he can play center. He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to. But play he's center, he's yeah. more of a natural Cali Arncroak. Yeah, he he has played center. Though. He has. Yeah. yeah. When when De- Nashville was in desperate need. Yeah. So like I think that's part of their logic. So. I also think it was a smart pick. He makes two million for one more year. Mm-hmm. He's so consistent. Like he gets almost identical points every single year. He can kill penalties. He can score. He's you know he's good for twenty goals. Yeah. But I also think they just weren't tempted by either Duchesne or Johansson at eight million. Probably the pick I would have made. I might have looked like elsewhere on Nashville. I don't really remember their expan uh, their exposure list as much. But you know they have to select like we said some NHL forwards, and this is one of them. So you know in an ideal world, Cali Arncroke is like I said, someone kind of similar to Don Scoy in your middle six somewhere. Probably will get more time on the ice <laughs> due to this team but yeah, he's gonna have to step uh, up a little bit we'll but, see yeah anyway good choice i think like of the uh, of what was available i mean you're either gonna bite down those two big centers or you're gonna take a guy exactly. like him um you know either way they swung it i, I think i would have you know understood and you know i i was kind of 50 50 between him and, and uh you know the big two so makes sense i just you know it's uh it's tough to see you know what their top six is gonna look like like yeah, rough. Anyway, let's go to St. Louis. Uh, yeah. So they they took the look. They made the smart play, not the exciting play with the St. Louis. They took Vince Dunn. He's a 24 year old uh, left hand shot defenseman. They got to re-sign him, but he's an RFA, so they have his rights. Um, he's got tons and tons of potential. Could very much end up on your first pair, most likely on the second. Yeah. One of the, one of the few defensemen that are on the smaller side. I think he's like six foot one or six foot two, which is still not small, yeah. but comparatively speaking, small. Um, small in St. Louis, China. Exactly. Well, and he's going to be very small in Seattle. Yeah. But, you know, um, actually, when he was drafted, he was seen as an offensive defenseman, which yeah. is crazy. He's been a little bit more, um, I guess, reined in in St. Louis. I think St. that's Louis. more of the uh, St. Louis type of defensive core. Yeah, and, and yeah. I, I see him very much learning from Gio. 
Yeah. Like, that is just someone who's going to teach this kid how to play hockey very well. You know, you, you didn't really have that in St. Louis for him on the left side. You had kind of, like, guys who he... I don't know. It, it, the right side of St. Saint, uh, Saint Louis' defense was the stacked side. It was, like, Scandella and, yeah. and uh, Gunnarsson, who were on the left for the longest time. Edmondson for a little... It's like, these guys don't play like that. Giordano's going to just teach him how to skate, how to pass, how to yeah. shoot. And I think... That's almost what they're hoping is going to happen, is that he just kind of turns into Giordano a little bit. Yeah, it's interesting to see what St. Louis does with defensemen. I mean, like, you you have, you have ultra-talented guys, like, you know, like, who were there in the past, like Petrangelo, and then you also have guys like Pareko, who, like, mm-hmm. you know, these guys have so much offensive upside, but the trend with these guys, and, you know, what's different with Tory Krug a little bit, is that they have zero liability defensively. Like, they teach their guys that... You know, if you're going to make an offensive play, you only make that play if you know you're you're certain you can get back. Yeah. And like I, that's something that Vince Dunn, like when you're developing a defenseman, like that's so valuable to have instilled in them early. Mm-hmm. And I think he'll bring a lot of value to, to, to the crack. Yeah, and I think we'll see a little bit of a breakout from him too because yeah. he will have such he's, good defensive partners as well. Yeah, and you know he's not really un, in you know the, the huge penumbra that he's been under. Like he's yeah. you know he's you know first he's under Petrangelo, then he's under Pareko, then he's under Crew. Finally, like. You know, Giordano has to slow down now, and like mm-hmm. you know, Vince Dunn can be the guy. He can be the, you know, the, uh, you know, even Alec Martinez on Vegas or the, yeah. uh, you know, Shea Theodore. Obviously, maybe not that level, but um, it's gonna be interesting to see. Like he's gonna yeah. have much, much. I I like your comparison though of Theodore in terms of St. Louis might like deeply regret leaving him exposed. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and obviously that when I was saying the exciting play, obviously Tarasenko was available. Um, I understand not going for him. I also don't based off of who they picked, but hey, um, we'll have to just... Like, yeah, I you know Vince Dunn would be my number one pick just because of, you know, um, Tarasenko's injury history, although, like, apparently it's clearing up. Uh, but the thing is, though, is I agree with you insofar as that, like, like they don't have offense. Yeah, like, there, there were players they should have taken simply on the fact that they need to put a team on the yeah, ice. No, no. But anyway, speaking of uh, bona fide NHLers, for yeah. Winnipeg, we got Mason Appleton. Again, Appleton, no problem with the pick. Winnipeg was pretty uh, bare bones to pick from to begin with. He's a you know young centerman who can probably develop into maybe like middle six, ideally. They, they took a lot of these guys who like their top end is the second line. But um, I think we'll just basically see him in a more advanced role than he was this year. And... Yeah, I can't complain much about that. Yeah, so in Carolina, we're going to Geeky. So, uh, much like Yarn Croak, he's going to have to step up his center game here. Yeah. I mean... Uh, and he's a pure centerman, which yeah. is nice. But, again, this is one of those picks where they took a, you know, centerman under 20. Um, uh, sorry, under 24. Uh, needs to kind of, like, you know, take that next step in his game. But when you have... You know, a guy like Jake Bean, who's available, who that's that's a defenseman for the future. I don't know how you give that up. Like it, it, it's the the talent level was so different. Yeah, no, it's it is. It's just and, and you know, I remember you know kind of butting heads with you on this last night. But the the thing was was I have to look at it from another perspective. Like going through where they were in the draft and like temporarily. I mean, like in terms yeah. of like you know the, the roster we had confirmed versus we're at Carolina. You take geeky because you don't have forwards. Right, and like yeah. I would even make that argument too that it's like, oh, you have to take an NHL forward. It's like, what about Nino Niederreiter? I know. One yeah. year at yeah, five. Like, I mean, you're getting, you're getting 20 points out of that guy, but yeah. like at least he can play the game. And, that's you it. Know, but again, that's not how the draft works. I mean, like it's not how I how I described it. You don't just kind of wing it and go on the fly. Oh, I need a forward. It's, you know, they think of this obviously way, way yeah, advanced. Of course. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, I don't know how you can, you can pass on a guy like Bean. And, um, you know, they did. And, you know, obviously defensemen and, they're loaded defensively, but, you know, there's a lot of guys I look at on this board that, you know, I will not even come close to the ceiling of Jake Bean, so. Yeah, there's, I mean, there, it's, it's just, it's hard when you, you see that they're clearly loading up for the future. Yeah. But anyway, so we'll, we'll go to Columbus. This is probably going to be, unfortunately, the shortest one I have to talk about because I know <laughs> literally nothing about. So he's a UFA. I think he walks. Gavin Bayreuther. Um Again, there was Max Domi available. There's an NHL center for one year. There was even Kevin Stenland available. Yeah. 
weird pick. I don't get it. Moving on. I, yeah, I don't get it not taking Domi. Like, you know, you're going to take Geeky, but you're not going to take Domi. Like, I, you know, I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, I just, see a bit of an age difference, but not significant enough. No, and really I, matter. and I just don't know anything about Bay Ruther to a fault, though. Like, yeah. he's not a young guy. He's in his late to mid, mid to late 20s. Like, weird pick. Just yeah. weird. Um, yeah, yeah. Going to New, New Jersey Devils, we got Nathan Bastion. So, another, you know, right wing guy that can play center. Um, big body, big body again. Surprise. Same line as a team. You know, he's under twenty four. Um, you know, I a good pick. I, I, I yeah, like pick. no, no yeah. problem there. New Everyone Jersey was, you know, New Jersey was kind of one of those teams where they were just like, well, what are you going to take here? I mean, uh, essentially, with him, it was, do you want to take this forward or PK Subban at nine mil? Yeah. So it was one or the other. There you're was not no... going to take. Yeah, you have tons of UFA options right now. You're not going to want to go for those big contracts. Right, which is, yeah, I, I do think overall they basically tried to save as much money as possible. Yeah. But, you know, we'll, again, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, very different know. approach to Vegas. But Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah let's go to New York Islanders. Yeah, so this one, um, you know, when, when the GM of the year protected uh, Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck <laughs> over Jordan Eberle and Josh Bailey, I think a lot of people were surprised. Um, I think Lou Lamorello was banking on the fact that Seattle didn't want to take any contracts over $5 million. Lo and behold, they took Jordan Everly. So, thank you for the top six forward. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a good pick overall. I mean, I was listening to Steve Dangle podcast, and one thing that they brought up that I just forgot to even mention is he's probably one of the most consistent playoff performers. No high-end, high-end production, but just... You know exactly what you're getting out of this guy, and especially when you make the playoffs. Yeah. And he's a leader. Um, he's he's basically done it all. I mean, he's he's a look, you know, Canadian legend for what he did in the World yeah. Juniors. Gee, I still remember that. Yeah, I, my heart fell out of my body. <laughs> but um, yeah, Jordan Everly, just overall good pick. You know, it's and it's one of two players they selected over the age of thirty. So there's probably an assistant captaincy waiting for, for him. Sure. He's gonna have a very big role, and he was in Seattle. So there's, they're not yeah, flipping him. I don't think he's really flippable, to be honest with you. No. Um, but no, I that's I love that pick. I like Jordan Everly a lot, and I think he can bring a lot to this team. Um, you know, obviously age is a factor here, but they can't take all young guys. Exactly. They, gotta, they they didn't take any long long term contracts. No, either. exactly. So it's well thought out. So let's go to the New York Rangers. Um, Paul Blackwell. Yeah. Nothing. Um, nothing problematic. Yeah, nothing. There. Nothing too huge there. I mean, you're getting a forward. Playing the NHL, um, that's again, it. And the Rangers, <laughs> yeah, the Rangers were one of those teams where it was like, how on earth can this be their? Yeah, their, and, their, and if like you're a good person, don't no take Anthony D'Angelo. Yeah, there's no one on the list. Yeah, you know, it's it. like I understand them putting Anthony D'Angelo there, but no one's touching that guy with. Well, a that's what I mean. It's like it's pole. like we're not even gonna consider him because like he's just he's not what they want in the, like yeah. representing their team. Yeah, unfortunately. So. Yeah, especially like right off the get go. Yeah, not and not unfortunately for the team, unfortunately for him. Yeah, <laughs> just want to make that clear. But yeah, and then Philly, we got Carson Torinsky, um, RFA under twenty four, um, another one, AHL guy, weird pick, especially with who's available. Yeah. Um, constant like similar feeling over and over when they would take these guys of like. Who? There's you know? no like. There's no clear pattern to the picking. Like it's no, like, other you... than the fact that if you're big, you're getting picked, and if you have cheap money, you're getting picked. Yeah, which like cannot be a like, no. A you can't. You can't criteria. go for a tall, like, cheap team. No, it's it's like it's an odd thing, and you, know, you can have a preference for bigger guys, but like you know when there's better options out there, but they're slightly smaller. It's like yeah, it's but... it's just very weird overall. Especially with Ron Francis. Like, he just doesn't have a history of that. No, just, like, I don't remember the Carolina Hurricanes being particularly no, large. not at all. But, um, yeah, so, yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, friend Tanev. Um, yeah, I, th- I get it. Pretty good pick, yeah. I understand it. I mean, he, you know, he, he can play up there. He can play up in the, uh, he can play forward. See, and that's the thing, is he has to play forward, but um, similar to another, a couple of the forwards we mentioned, and more that we will mention, this isn't a guy you want out of your bottom no. six. That's where he thrives in a checking role. He can put up a little bit of offense, but very similar to the way that, you know, like the Habs have um, Byron, Lekin, and Evans on that third line. That's where you want him. And it looks like he's going to be on the second line based yeah. off of who they drafted. So I like the pick. I just, I don't like the picks around that pick. <laughs> yeah. Washington? Yeah. So Washington, we get the first goalie selection. That's uh, by Tack Vanasek. 
<laughs> Vitek Vanacek. Whatever. <laughs> You're going to hear a lot of pronunciations yeah. with this guy. But um, honestly, and I, this might be a bit of a hot take, I, I don't like it. I think this is a guy who had very, very average stats playing on a good team. And, you know, his save percentage and his goals against were low, but his wins were high. So it was very... Was wins, yeah, wins isn't a great uh, metric. No, because that's the team. The team wins the yeah. game. You know, if you land three goals and they score four, you win. Yeah, like you so, swear John Gibson's a uh, AHL goalie. Well, exactly, stats, and so. and I don't know. Vanacek is just not uh, not the pick. I mean, I understand there wasn't a lot in Washington, but like this is the type where I'm like, yeah, just go for like an AHLer or something, or grab grab someone else. You know, just like I. I see where they're going with the goalies is because we're going to have the other two coming out of the Atlantic. And I, I don't know. I just, I don't like it. It's, yeah. it's, he's very, very easily going to fall off. Yeah. It's the odds of him turning into a starter are not as high as people think. Yeah, I think. And you know, with them doubling down on, on drag, dragger, dragger. Yeah. On dragger. Dreger. Yeah. I've heard. So, oh yeah. It's, yeah. I've heard dragger. I've heard dreger. I've heard dreger. Yeah. I think it's dreger. Dreger. I'll say dreger. So, uh, with them taking dreger, I mean like I, with that guy, I get a very, you know, like quasi Jack Campbell feel to him. Mm-hmm. And like, I think, you know, if you're going to set this guy up for success is you, you don't throw him into an environment where, um, he's coming from an environment where he's playing with Sergei Bobrovsky, Spencer Knight, and then you're going to throw him into a, a position where uh, you know you want to keep the environment somewhat the same. You know, it, it would be best if he played in a tandem role. Well, that that's where in my mind I you go and get Ben Bishop, yeah, or Bernier, because, or Bernier. Yeah. But, but I I just met guys who are still under contract at the moment. Yeah. But uh, Bishop Drieger or Drieger uh, is that's where you. It's so <laughs> annoying. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, like, that's where you get the best success out of both because you can kind of ease Bishop back in. Yeah. I, I'm calling him Chris from now on. <laughs> Basically, Chris gets those starters. Yeah, starts. yeah. and then I, I completely understand that, that point of view. My point of view is, you know, you, you still take Jamie Alexiak and then yeah. you just take Bernier in UFA. Right. You know, it's not like, uh, you know, I understand that sometimes these teams aren't exactly, you know, super, super appealing. But, I mean, like, we're talking about a guy who's, you know, coming from... Uh, you know, the depths of hell in terms of the <laughs> NHL. And, um, you know, I, I think it would give him life. And I, I, I have no reason to believe that he wouldn't want to go to Seattle. I mean, like... Yeah, so, I mean... Odd pick, but... Yeah, so we'll um, we'll start with Boston, the Atlantic. Yeah. Um, this was basically consensus. It's uh, Lausanne. Jeremy Lausanne, a young defenseman who's going to turn into a top-four yeah, guy. Yeah. He already is, basically, for Boston, was playing in a top-four role. But he when he matures, will be really that third best defenseman on his team good puck moving ability and good defensive awareness um i love this guy can't complain yeah i love this guy i love everything to do with boston defense to be honest which is how they're coached how they're you know it's good because being Habs fans you just you you think we'd hate boston which is why like i respect them so much i respect them so uh yeah i I think that's a great pick and it's gonna be cool to see him in in a bit of a larger role playing with you know giordano and um yeah we'll see Let's move on to Buffalo. So Borgie Borgen. <laughs> uh, so let's, Bill Borgen. Yeah, exactly. This is an RFA young guy. Um, I think this was the player. The bigger guy. Is he? Yeah, yeah, I'm, not, I, I'm not sure. I, I I literally know nothing about him. This is an AHL defenseman. Um, again, Borgen. Just this was the guy that apparently from Buffalo fans they wanted to lose the least. So, um, he's probably the best player available. There's not much coming out of Buffalo, clearly. So, um, unless you're a big Jeff Skinner fan, there's there was nothing really nothing really there. He's six three two ten. Okay, so, so there you go. And that's they def- I'm sure they deferred to the size. Yeah. Uh like I was saying. Weird criteria again, but again, yeah, it, it, we'll we'll just see. Uh moving on to Detroit. This makes sense. Dennis Chalowski, um, RFA this year, under twenty four. Good uh skating defenseman good with the puck um been kind of sheltered in detroit a little bit they haven't really he's still technically ahl level by our metrics and it's because detroit really really buried him they didn't want him to basically just develop through you know he's a former first round pick developed through just getting absolutely you know destroyed (laughs) game in and game out for years 
because I love the life that's sucked out of Dylan. Well, that, that that's the oh, thing, and it's like so sad seeing that guy. Play. I know, just and like, just kind of like have to do it all on his own, and then the one other forward on the team gets traded. Yeah, they uh, yeah, just do it. You know, go through that entire season just to go like twenty forty and that. Yeah, and like the Chalowski would have been put up against like the best players in the NHL. It's just yeah. it's it's not how you develop someone. No, I but agree. I I think he's gonna have a new fresh start in Seattle. I think he's gonna be good. He'll probably spend the first year again in uh, wherever their uh, their yeah, AHL is. Weird. I, think I think it's like Florida California or something, California, or something yeah. like that. But yeah, either way, uh, good pick because what else is Detroit offering? Exactly. Yeah. So going to Florida, like we said, we got Chris. <laughs> What's <laughs> uh, his last name again? Dragger. Yeah, Dragger. So Dragger. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty. You know, Dry Edgar. <laughs> Dry Edgar. That was a uh, you know. Basically, we knew about that about a week that, Yeah, that was that was one that came out. I mean, again, for those who did watch live, um, a big fuck you to Frank Saravelli for texting yeah, honestly, every single pick night. twelve hours before. I don't. I think there should be some kind of repercussion for that. Yeah. Honestly, it's it's kind of like like insider trading. Yeah, like I, I you know I was nervous about the Montreal pick because mm-hmm. you know I see big things on the line with potentially losing Carey, but like. You know, I look forward to these things. Yeah, I, it's, I, a, it's an event, and I'm sure the NHL got angry because I know for a fact viewership was down. Yeah, because like, they knew we, it was going to happen. We didn't want to put on put on uh, what's his face, Steve Dangle. Yeah, and we Rager. just watched him re- react to it. Yeah, um, I'm gonna hop over Montreal, like I said, for the last pick. Yeah, um, Ottawa. Ottawa. There's their third goalie, Joey Decord. No problem there. Again, there's other options that I, if you were making a win now team, I would have taken Evgeny Dadnov decent contract can put up 25 goals a year with the right guys i i honestly had in my mind seattle's second line being drew and domi and dadnov which um i thought was just a good line overall yeah. uh, not terribly expensive they all make five to five and a half for less than in like two years or less but uh you know alas we uh <laughs> we will never see that yeah, um so go to Tampa yeah Bay, can't um, complain about Decord. it's yeah, just no, a decent I, goalie i think it's a good pick. ahl I mean, starter basically yeah with what was being offered I, yeah know, i think it's a good third goalie there tampa bay yanni gord I, you know that's a great pick it's you know i i'm gonna like yeah, i go for it like i i know what you're gonna say because like i agree with you but like <laughs> i'll let you say it but you know i do like yanni gord i mean it obviously doesn't fit their uh, criteria big big bodies here. Yeah. He, no he plays sense. rough. He plays rough, though. He's got kind of like that Arturi Lekin, Paul Byron thing going on mm-hmm. where, you know, you, you'd swear he's not 170, but, um, you know, there's news coming out, too, that he, you know, he's going to miss about four months with a, with an injury. Yeah. So, interesting, um, you know, pick. I'll let you... I know what you're going to say, but... I, I don't think he's going to find success no. in the top six. He doesn't have Blake Coleman. He doesn't have... Uh, uh, um, Goudreau. Goudreau. And, so. and the other thing, too, is that in terms of guys available, Cal Foot is a six foot three, twenty two year old defenseman who played well. You, I know you can't, but I mean, like, I'll tell you what: if you don't take Carson Susie, you can take Cal Foot, and all of a sudden you're, you know, you're at the very worst case scenario. Your second pair in the future is Vince Dunn and Cal Foot. I mean, he's got the uh, the pedigree of being a foot. You know, it's about <laughs> being a foot, um, but like obviously, you know, Adam Foot being a it's Adam Foot, right? Adam yeah, Foot. and uh, you know they've got Nolan Foot, the power forward in uh, New Jersey, and so it's just you know the Foot family's a NHL family. They're kind of involved. It's a bigger name you can market, and he's a solid player. So yeah. I don't know. I I don't know if I would have gone for the five point two million dollar Yanni Gord to be in my top six, but again, yeah, we'll see where they go. I could see him and Tana finding success. Yeah, I, I think you you have to kind of replicate that Goodrill Coleman line about as which, much as possible. Which like. Granted, there it seems they are going for a grittier team, and you know I, I think Gord will will give a lot to that. Obviously, he, you know, that line caused wreaked havoc on yeah, us. That, that, that's it. So I'm day. sure that's what the goal is eventually, but hopefully they don't stick them on that first line center and hope for the best. Oh God, yeah. Um, Toronto would uh, lose, you know, long time Toronto Maple Leaf Jared McCann. <laughs> Yeah, um, so for this those, was coming. It was it was yeah. Kerfoot or McCann. I, yeah. I I don't know who I would have taken. I I'm I keep going like in the morning. I'm Kerfoot at night. It depends. I'm McCann, how, and it and it depends on how you structure your team. If going, you're yeah. if you're winning now, you're taking Kerfoot. Um, you're taking McCann if you want to win in a few years. Left wing. But then center, again, like McCann's stats this year were better. They they were, but 
Um, I think Kerfoot overall had yeah, the better I career think, to yeah, date. Especially looking against the Habs in, 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 you know, in the playoffs, the role Kerfoot took, I think, would have been more appealing because he showed that he yeah. could play in the top six well. Well, that's it. And, um, you know, I... I really liked Kerfoot's game when, when Tavares went out, and I'm, I'm surprised that didn't kind of pull them that way, but I, I understand the age, but you know, yeah, either way... The money's not terribly different. I think no. McCann's like almost three, and uh, uh, Kerfoot's three and a half. Yeah, it's so. very similar. It's not anything meaningful. I, I just, I you know, I you could go either way on that one. Yeah, and, by, and by long-term Toronto Maple Leaf, for those who didn't you know get the joke, uh, the Leafs acquired him about four days ago. Yeah. So they gave up Philip Hollander and a pick, basically, to lose, to, to keep yeah, Kerfoot. Kerfoot. Um, before we announce the Habs, uh, who was selected from the Canes, I do want to make this point. So like we said, we've been saying who's AHL material and NHL material as of this year. Um, in terms of forwards, there's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 forwards were selected that are NHL caliber, and one was already traded away. So we're talking less than a full lineup. This is what we were kind of hinting at before of like they really didn't select no. like a full team. And in terms of defensemen, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight defensemen and ten, you know, forwards. That that's a weird well, so approach. Like something has to happen. Something yeah, has to give. So they don't, I'm sure it's gonna happen. They they will survive one injury in terms of offense well, and like I don't know what's gonna there. go. You know, something's gotta give here. They have to make moves and well, it's just an odd thing to say. It was like at the end of last, at the end of the the draft, they said like there's no trades that are gonna come up or yeah. anything like that. It's just like why would you say that? Like you I could know. do something. Well, that's it. You know, it's like I don't know what the play was there, but it kind of just really dampened the expectations for this team. And you know, and then I woke up to you know hearing TSN reporting on Giordano to the Rangers for Strom, and I was like, what is the move? Yeah, here? I think they're just grasping at straws. It's like you're honest. not gonna get this guy to fly out to Seattle, start wearing yeah. the jersey, all just to send him to New York. The no, next exactly. Day. It's like, yeah. Anyway, I um, I'm not gonna say nothing's gonna happen. I just I'm I'm sure all these moves are gonna happen in the UFA, and they're gonna sign some players, and that's it. And um, yeah, just moving on to the Montreal selection. They would select Kale Flurry, <laughs> so Jonathan not Carey not Price, not yeah. Jonathan Druin, not Paul Byron, not Brett Kulak, not so who else was available? Anyone but Kale Flurry. Yeah, so like my, I'm just gonna say my initial thoughts. Like I thought they were realistically gonna take Druin. I, mm-hmm. I think Druin's kind of like a still, you know, he has a he has a decently high ceiling. I I, I think it's not much higher than what we've seen so far. Um, you know, obviously he's going through some personal troubles, and you know, recent news says he'll be back at training camp. Um, but um, you know, I think that there was enough potential there to warrant them giving him a shot. But my my view on it is is um, you know, Jonathan Jones is a young guy. You know, he's not not early twenties, obviously, but he's in his mid twenties, and he's um, he could bring a lot to that team. And I think like in an environment where there's not a lot of hockey pressure, this is a guy that would yeah, just explode. Not a, not a big hockey city, and not a big. Hockey and not market. a lot of expectations. Exactly. You know, I think that's where he succeeds. And if you take Domi, uh, you know, in Columbus, I mean, like you, can, you, you have yeah, the first we'll, line there. Think well, about there what that go. does to their two-three. That's it. And you know, the, here's here's like my initial feel. I'm, the order we're doing this is the order the NHL released it in, right? So by this point, I had a feeling they weren't taking Druin because, well, for one thing, it was spoiled for us, <laughs> but you. also just. Keeping that out of it, they'd taken his brother Hayden, which was a big factor. Yeah. If they did take Hayden Fleury, I didn't think they were going to take Kale. Um, but they also, at this point, were clearly not getting forwards of, of any cost, basically. Mm-hmm. So I don't. I knew Druin wasn't going, which, I, I mean, fortunately and unfortunately. Yeah, so and like, it'll, yeah. it'll be either a really good thing or a really bad thing. Yeah, my thought on that was, like, I you know, I... It's no secret that I wanted to move. I want to move Jonathan Drew in this offseason. I think just you know for both of us, like the, the team needs to move on from him. And I think like in terms of the stressful environment Montreal brings, I think he would do better in another market. I agree. Like just for his growth and everything like that. But that being said, I was un- I didn't want to lose him for nothing. Like he's not going to pull in a huge package, but especially for what we acquired him. For. Exactly. So like you have to look at this in the Sergeant lens, which like you shouldn't always do because it's it, it's not the way hockey works, but. Um, you know, you, you do have to look at what you gave up for this guy and like to, to walk away with nothing 
uh, for Sergikev and Nuruin. It, it, that's a rough pill to swallow. So like, which uh, just jumping in, then I uh, my condolences to Edmonton Oilers fans who just lost Adam Larson yeah, for nothing. That's brutal. Yeah, that's brutal. When trading with Taylor Hall. Yeah, so like again, I, I think if we lost Drew and I, I'd be a bit upset we didn't get anything back, but at the same time that opens up so much space and you know, you guys look at our, our depth chart next year, uh, you know, barring any moves this offseason, which there will be, I guarantee it, because I you know, we have a lot of stuff to fix. Mm-hmm. But regardless, there's just no room for him on the team. Well there's an excess of wingers specifically. Yeah, specifically on the left. Yeah. And like we have a lot of left wing guys. A lot of right-wing guys now. Yeah, just honestly, wingers overall, there's just too many. So, like, you know, I just don't see where he fits in, especially after that Stanley Cup run where, you know, our lines were clicking for, you know, three full series and then, like, a game or two of the six-game loss. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, overall. five-game loss. Yeah, again, it's... it's, We'll focus, honestly, on Kale Fleury. The the Jonathan Druin podcast, I'm sure, is to come. Mm -hmm. I really don't know if he'll make it all the way through the offseason. So... For those who don't know a little bit about Kale Fleury, he's 22-year-old right-hand shot defenseman. He's still considered to have top four upside. He's seen as a two-way skating defenseman, but has a physical edge to him. Uh, he's currently listed as 6'1", 205 pounds, uh, a former third-round pick by Montreal in 2017. And at this moment, uh, he has no contract. He's an RFA. Uh, most likely to be given a qualifying offer at league minimum, which is $750,000. So really not a, uh, you know, like a financial investment in mm-hmm. this guy. You're getting Kale Flurry playing with Hayden Flurry, um, right-hand shot, left-hand shot, the pairing together, if anything. And, um, yeah, I, it's hard to see him go for one reason and one reason only. I thought he was going to be the perfect complement to Alexander oh, yeah. Romanov. I forgot to say that. But, um, yeah, other than that, I mean, like, we have his and stats. also, you know, we, we, we don't have any right D. Right that's, that was like, the other thing. Losing Weber, losing Weber, you know, it just adds to this deficit that, you know, I thought was going to be more so apparent in a few years, but apparently with, you know, the news with Shea Weber, it, it looks like it's going to be uh, a reality. Yeah, it's going to be, minimal. yeah, it's going to be a reality much quicker than we think. And the, like, the I, likelihood of him being done for his career is high. It's high. So like, you know, that leaves us in a bit of a hole in terms of right D just with, you know, with our lefty situation over the past few years, we drafted so many left D and like, you know, I'm not one of these guys that thinks that, you know, these guys can't play on their yeah. offhand, like, a, you know, like Mike Babcock or something that's just a Nazi with keeping <laughs> guys on their proper side. Stick has I don't to be on the it, outside. Yeah, like, I don't think it's ideal, and I think certain players can do it better than others. Like, you know, like, a, you know, speaking of a move today, I think a Shane Goss this year would have done really well on the right side of us. Yeah. Um, you know, a huge offensive upside to his game. I, I wouldn't put, like, an Edmondson on his offhand. No, like, exactly. Or, uh, like, a... Um... Who have we done it with? That's just a bad idea. Oh, we've done it with everybody. Yeah, so uh, anyway. Petrie. Petrie, we've done it a little bit. We just did it with um, John Merrill for a oh, while. God. But anyway, I, I, I don't want to like start doing that because uh, I can name too many mistakes. <laughs> but basically, um, yeah, it's. I think, look, looking into the draft tomorrow, we have 11 picks. Expect a very 2018 vibe where we only drafted centers and lefty. So I think we're just going to draft a bunch of left wings and right defensemen. Yeah. That's my prediction, and there's a lot of them in the draft. So just just looking at Kale Fleury's stats. Yeah, we have an abundance there. of left wingers. We just don't have yeah. a bunch of left wing prospects. Exactly, yeah. yeah. No, no one promising. They're all going to basically be off the team yeah. at the same time. So yeah, going to his stats, um, Yeah, so <laughs> between the WHL, the AHL, and the NHL, he's played 406 basically competitive NHL games. Um, he scored 44 goals. That's about... Uh, 0.11 goals per game, very low. Um, 118 assists, that's about 0.3 assists per game, and 162 points. So his his competitive NHL life is uh, a 0.4 points per game. So on the wrong side of the point of uh, the half a point per game. Um, yeah, and also keep in mind, 269 of 406 games are in the WHL. Yeah, and like that's like, it's skewed towards the top. So he's yeah. played 269 games. So yeah, we're not going to call them equivalent NHL games. No, this is not. This is just like as he gets older, the league gets mm. the same age with him. So it's it's worth just mentioning his totals. Um, you know, he, he put up a negative 108 throughout his entire yeah. career. So... Um, 
always on for goals against, very rarely <laughs> produces offense, and 213 penalty minutes in 406 games goes to about half a penalty yeah. minute per game, which means, like, you know, he's not he's not taking too many penalties, but, you know, uh, a half a penalty minute per game means, you know, every couple games he's taking a bad penalty. Yeah. Um, Three, four games, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, again, not taking penalties, which means... I don't know. He's he's not. Physical I guess physical enough. Physi- exactly. That's what I mean. Like he's not physical enough. He's on for a lot of goals, and he doesn't produce a lot of offense. So I mean, it's it's been I a just, rough start. It, it it it's the one thing I'm gonna point out in a stat sheet is just like you know, really not a good NHL star. Like 41 games played, one goal, minus four, like and six know. penalty minutes. Yeah. So he, it's just you know, with him, it's like he just becomes. This is the way I was gonna. Like, Who was word he playing it. with mostly? Uh, when he came up, he is it was. It, no, he was. It, uh, I don't even remember. It was. He's playing bottom pair. Yeah, was, but I, I think mean, it was Mete. I, I but Mete was still up in the lineup. It might have been Kulak, oh, I maybe. think. Yeah. But it, it's honestly with him is he's just the only word I can use as of right now is a non-factor. Yeah. You know, so they they got a guy who at worst doesn't impact the team at best will turn into yeah. something decent. And maybe they're hoping that um, playing with his brother, yeah, there's some, some chemistry there, and uh, you know it'll it'll be something cool that they can look back on, being like, yeah, we both got selected, and like, we just killed it from there on. Because both guys kind of need a little bit of a kick in the ass overall yeah. in their career. But, you know, very young, like we said, 22 yeah, years tons old. Tons of room to Turns grow. 23 in November. So, like, yeah. it's he's starting the year as 22. Um He's going to grow. I was always confident that this guy would turn into either a, you know, middle pair or bottom pair yeah. guy. Yeah, he's and got, t- he got a high ceiling. Like, uh, obviously, we wish him the best. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. as we of wouldn't, now... We didn't want to lose him. I mean, it's Yeah, just, I, but I'm not terribly upset. Me neither. It could have been much worse, you know, a la Carey Price. But, you know, my, my thoughts on it is, is that, um, you know, I, I think it's a good opportunity for these guys. You know, playing with your brother is going to be fun and... Um, you know, so young. That's why it's hard to critique the guy. I mean, 22 years old, he has so much room to grow. And only and 40 NHL games under his Yeah, belt. the best way I can describe him, like, Jesse gave his two cents there. Mine are, you know, hesitant in the neutral and offensive zone, like, very. And then, you know, his game in the defensive zone was moving along. And, like, I, you know, I was happy with him on the ice. I never was pissed off to see him. And He you knows know, how to hit. He really knows how to hit. He knows yeah. how to hit. But anyway... Um, I think other than yeah, that, that wrap wraps up. up the uh, Seattle expansion draft. A little bit of a focal point, obviously, on the Canadians. But, um, you know, we have the entry draft tomorrow, so we'll see who the Canadians select 30th overall. Yeah, we can really find a diamond in the rough tomorrow. Yeah. Right now, so I, yeah. I, it's going to be interesting. Let's hope but, they did their homework. Yeah, and I, I think if you ice the team that Seattle just selected, there's a good chance they end up with Shane Wright. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe that's the yeah. plan. But uh, we will catch you guys. Even Bedard. Or even Bedard, exactly. (laughs) We will catch you guys. (laughs) Probably both. (laughs) On the the next one. Thank you for listening to the Habs Puck Drop podcast. You can email us your thoughts, questions, and suggestions through our email at habspuckdrop at gmail.com or direct message us on Instagram at habspuckdrop. We'll see you next time.